Welcome to the Caregiven Podcast. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. And long story short, we have Caregiven. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. Almost 14 years later, we felt called to create this podcast as a resource for families with caregiving needs. Whether you care for a family member or are looking for advice on professional caregiving, we want this to be a platform to support you. Each week, we will come to you with encouraging stories of families who have found the right balance for their loved ones, tips for how to care for them and you, and much more. We hope you continue to join us each week as we share in this exciting new journey together. Hello, sunshines, and hello, Julie. Well, hello, Inga. It's time that we shape up and start paying attention. We have work to do. Oh, yes, that work thing. (laughs) No more laughing. No. I mean, a little bit. A little bit. Anyway, how about that weather? Oh, my goodness. It has just (laughs) been beautiful. It's been beautiful, but then like the week before that, it was like the Katy Perry song because it was (laughs) freezing out, so it's like you're hot, then you're cold, and all of that jazz. Yeah, yeah. But it has been really nice this what, last couple days? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, actually, I was able to get cows in this past weekend, nice. and we were not at least fighting the weather to get them home from summer pasture. And then the other thing that was really funny is um, a year ago, this same weekend, mm-hmm. I had put on a motorcycle race, and there was pictures on my Facebook that came up that we were racing in the snow. That so Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it's hot and it's yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Montana weather for you. Yeah, yeah, a little bit... Uh, what is she bipolar? Yeah, but if you don't like that, if you don't, if you don't like it, just wait five minutes because yep. it will change. That's what they say. <laughs> well, we're going to do a little bit different this week. Um, I'm going to ask you for your verses before I actually read the verse. Um, so if you have a verse that you would like to share with us and the kind of the story behind why it's meaningful to you, we would love to hear from you. And if you can email that to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com, we would love to share um, your verse. Anyway, we are, I have, I have a disclaimer to make. Normally, ordinarily, I would not be wearing a sweatshirt for podcast recording, but I'm repping for the brand. And I have a really cool good news story that um, actually it was printed in a publication in Oklahoma, but it has to do with our very own hometown and actually the junior livestock show that we put on. So I'm going to go ahead and read the verse and then go right into the good news story. Good deal. So good. Okay, so this is Galatians 6, 9 through 10a. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. When Jake Orender was given an opportunity to make the lengthy trek from Oklahoma to northwest Montana for a good cause, he didn't blink. The decision didn't require lengthy deliberation or any special incentives. There was no let me think about it and get back to you. His reply... I'd be honored. There was no hesitation. Orinder, a journeyman lineman serviceman for Northeast Oklahoma Electric Cooperative, accepted the invitation because he knew what was waiting for him at the Montana Royal Junior Livestock Show. Smiling faces, pure joy, and lives forever changed. And he was right. Orinder was asked to be an evaluator for the Montana Royal Junior Livestock Show's first ever Buddy Barrow event. Buddy Barrow shows provide an opportunity for youth with disabilities to show market hogs. These are individuals who have intellectual or physical disabilities that may 
preclude them from having a traditional animal project. This special showmanship opportunity pairs a buddy with an experienced exhibitor and hog for a chance to show in a ring in front of an evaluator. Ultimately, all buddies are crowned champions and receive a trophy buckle. Orinder spent his youth raising and showing champion hogs with his family. He participated in Buddy Bear Show... Buddy Barrow shows in Coffeyville, Kansas, back in high school. He recalls his experience as a mentor being positive for all involved. When he approached um, Vanita High School FFA advisor, Carolyn, Carolyn P., several years ago about bringing Buddy Barrow events to Craig County, she thought it was a great idea. His dreams became a reality, and he is credited with founding the Buddy Barrow show in Craig County. Fast forward to 2021, and Orander is now flying across the country as an ambassador for Buddy Barrow shows. He has even been contact- contacted by two other shows in Montana, one in Washington State and another in Oklahoma. Inga Lake, event director for the Montana Royal Junior Livestock Show, praised Orander for his involvement. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Buddy Barrow show was hands down the most rewarding part of any show I've ever attended. We had nine mentors and seven buddies who had the time of their lives showing pigs. The inspiration for this show, Jake Orander, came all the way from Oklahoma to help us get it off the ground for the first year. Jake takes tremendous pride in his ability and truly enjoys helping today's youth find their passion for driving pigs. We were beyond fortunate to have him with us, not only to spend time with our top-notch exhibitors, but also to help us facilitate our first annual Montana Royal Buddy Barrow Show. It was a tremendous success and something we plan to do for years to come. I'm so incredibly proud of the people we've surrounded ourselves with. They are the best of the best. And Jake remarked about it. It was a very rewarding experience. To say I had a blast would be an understatement. I worked with some great kids, mentors, and champions. I am extremely grateful for this opportunity. It meant so much to me. It brought joy to my heart to see these kids smiling and laughing and to hear the names they give their pigs. Every minute of the show was nothing short of extraordinary. It just blew me away. I'm so glad and thankful to be able to do it. Yeah. So cool. Oh my gosh. And when we first started talking about doing this Buddy Barrow show, like, um, Charlie Enyart and Dylan Enyart, who are also livestock people that we have a relationship with, uh, they said, when this happens, there will not be a dry eye in the house. And they were not wrong. It, <laughs> <Yeah>. it absolutely <laughs> puts, puts things into perspective and giving the opportunity to kiddos who maybe wouldn't otherwise have that chance was just, it was such a great thing. Um, and it was cool to have Jake there. He, he came and, and like the story says, he, it, there was nothing attached to it. He just wanted to come and do it. So we're thankful and we're so proud to be, uh, to be, I guess, mentioned in this publication in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. It was a really <laughs> cool opportunity to bring a bunch of our kids that we mm-hmm. actually knew personally yeah. and, and give them that opportunity. It was very fun. It was great. We had yeah. kids from all across the state of Montana and actually some of our surrounding states who acted as mentors and were paired up with um, with buddies. And it, it was just great. It was, it was awesome. I think, actually, I think it was as rewarding for the mentors as anybody. Oh my gosh. It, it is something that they, they have certainly learned from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah I, yeah. I think everybody involved. Big, big, big smiles from everybody and something, it was, everything that they needed from it. Yeah, for sure. So cool. Coolio. Well, what so do you cool. have? Well, once again, <laughs> I'm going to uh, play my cue the music. Cue the music. <laughs> Hey, oops. <laughs> so close. <laughs> I hate it when they change the words. Anyway, Sunny and Cher. Now you gotta have the you'll have the song. Hey. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Anyway, you're welcome. That will be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> 
Yeah, and they change the words in that first part, you know. I know, I just really dislike it when they do that. Oh, my word. So 60-year-old Robin Steiner has been a Cher fan for as long as she can remember. Her memory, though, is something she can't depend on as much anymore since she suffers from Alzheimer's. While her memories and reality come and go depending on the day, her love of Cher has been a constant in her life. Uh, Steiner's daughter, Erica called her mom a Cher super fan <laughs> and has been chronicling her mother's journey with the dementia-inducing disease on social media. Since becoming her mother's full-time caregiver, Erica has used her social media accounts to draw attention to some of the memories which help keep her mother's disease from completely eradicating her identity. Uh, so in 2020, Erica re- revealed on social media that her mother had an obsession with actor Ryan O'Neill's 1970s hit story love uh, movie Love Story. As a result, Robin would kiss O'Neill's picture goodnight every night before bed. The 80-year-old actor was touched by the routine and FaceTimed with Robin, much to her delight. Oh. So Erica, the daughter, decided to try her luck with her mom's biggest celebrity obsession, who just happened to be superstar Cher. Her luck paid off, and the performer arranged a FaceTime call with Robin on April 19th. And um, it's an eight-minute interaction. And actually what happened is whenever mom's having a really bad day, she'll just plug that in. Yep. And it will help lift her spirits. And Cher was talking to Robin about that song. And that she actually said, do you know, when I told Sonny the first time I heard it, I said, this is crap. (laughs) (laughs) When he was singing it, it didn't sound the same as when we sang it together. Um, Anyway, then um, Robin actually finally realized she was really, really talking to Cher. And that's when she got really emotional and said, oh, I love you. I can't do this. This is so much. Erica isn't sure she'll be able to surprise her mom with anything more special than that conversation with Cher, but she's looking forward to thinking of something. I'll definitely never be able to top this, but it makes it me want to try. I think John Travolta's up next. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, isn't that sweet? You know, I've seen a lot of things on YouTube and different social media where people are documenting their day-to-day like stuff their journeys. yeah with their mom their grandma or whatever and they're all so incredibly touching yep. and I think that everybody needs to watch some of those and really take their their day, bad days and realize that there's people that are every day struggling yeah. um, with these diseases but what a what a fun story <laughs> that's a cool story yeah and awesome that those uh, celebrities were willing to yeah, and have it, that interaction and bring some joy. Yeah, so, for sure. Good, for good. Sure. That's awesome. Well, we've got a pretty, um, I don't want to say heavy. It's just, it's a topic that is, it, it's tough. And mm-hmm. basically it's figuring out, is it time to take away the keys? So when you have a family member or someone that you're caring for and they've declined to the point that um, taking away the keys becomes a necessary, it is it's difficult. Um, there's no easy way to do it. Different people have different reactions to it, but we just wanted to go through and talk to you about some of the reason or some of the things that can affect people's driving or some of the reasons why you may end up needing to take away the keys. Um, some people are willing to turn them over. Maybe they have a scary experience, uh, something happens or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's generally not, a positive when it comes to um, losing the independence of being able to drive. So yeah, yeah. You can hope and pray that this person that you love will willingly give those Mm -hmm. keys up, but um, it is 
quite often a really big fight. Mm-hmm. Um, to start off with, uh, Sheila's story is at age 78, Sheila thinks she's a good driver, but this year she's had a minor accident and several near misses. She's noticed a few new dents on her car and doesn't know how they got there. Mm-hmm. Sheila wonders how she can stay safe behind the wheel. I mean, and actually something that's really touched us just this week, Inga, mm-hmm. is a friend of ours. Yes. Will you tell everybody about that? We have a friend who um, who had a situation where she was traveling and um, somehow had almost a blackout type episode and ended up 100 miles off course and actually driving the wrong way on the interstate. Oh, it was so and scary. thankfully, she she was not hurt, and um, no one else was hurt. They were able to get it mitigated, and but now um, it scared her, which it, I would think it would scare anyone um, to the point that she is um, she is turning her keys over on her own, mm-hmm. and she's she's wanting to accept accept help from other sources. But it's just these things can happen, and um, I think they happen more often than we even realize, but it really, really touches home when it's somebody that, that you are close with yeah. um, and know how catastrophic it could have been. And honestly, um, we're not just talking about people in their late 80s, 90s. This woman is in her 60s, mm-hmm. in, her, in her early, early 60s. Yeah, and she just doesn't have a recollection of, of how it happened. And so that turns into a lot of testing and, you know, that's another set of um, things that have to be investigated to try to get to the bottom of what happened. But again, thankfully, nobody was hurt. And it did um, create a situation where, you know, this decline that she's having, it now can be looked at pretty aggressively to try to figure out what what's causing this. And thankfully, she she understands um, how important it is that she stays off the road at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. so very scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we're talking about when it, it becomes time to start thinking about reasons for taking away mm-hmm. your keys is truly just your whole, your body. Yeah. And not just your mind, but you know, the body, they start out talking about stiff joints and muscles. Right. Well, if you think about that, you know, if you're having problems, I mean, and you're, you're limited in your mobility or you, ability to even be able to turn your head and and look to see what's behind you or maybe those stiff joints or sore muscles it it makes your reaction time not as fast so there are things you know physical things that can be happening that can cause problems yep with Slow, driving slowing down that reaction mm-hmm. time is huge mm-hmm. because there are times that you don't have any extra time to react yep. you have to react now and immediate mm-hmm. And if you're too stiff and sore to move, right. um, that's a problem. Like you said, turning your head back and forth just to check your mirrors. Yeah. They do say that, um, you know, if you're starting to experience some of those things to drive a car that has an automatic transmission, I mean, that that helps. Um, power steering, power brakes, and then large mirrors. Mm. Um, but you still do have to have that mobility to be able to turn and look. Right. Right. And react. Right. Another one is trouble seeing. Mm-hmm. And eyesight, that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I wear glasses all the time, have since I was like in sixth grade. And so eyesight is a problem for me, especially at night. I've tried some different things. And um, I mean, I we did discuss the fact that I'm only 29. So it's hard to believe that this is happening to me, <laughs> but it has. <laughs> so I actually, you know, when it comes to nighttime driving, I, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all because I need to be able to see. So yeah, basically, um, 
they do recommend that, you know, once you get over 65, that you see your eye doctor every year, ask if there are ways to improve your eyesight, if that's a problem. Um, if you do have glasses or contacts or any type of corrective uh, equipment, you need to be using it. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, it's not just good enough to, be, to know you need it. You have to actually put it on. Um, and then basing, basically stop driving at night if that's a problem for you. I'll tell you, the other night I was um, quite a ways from home and it turned mm -hmm. dark. And I was very surprised at uh, like the LED lights mm -hmm. on those newer vehicles. Oh, they're so bright. So bright. Because I didn't know if they were bright or that was just their normal. Right. And then they would just come up on you. And then the other thing, uh, we had been on some extremely dusty roads mm. And so I was thinking that um, I need to stop and clean off the front, the, yeah. the mirror, or not the mirror. The lights? The, like the, the windshield. Oh. oh, yeah, the, yeah that too, the windshield. I was actually here. just env envisioning us when we came back yes. from Great Falls, or yes. maybe it was on the way. Yeah. Pull over and yeah. get all the bugs Oh, off. the bugs. There were so many bugs. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where, there's a lot less now, because you smucked a bunch of them, but... <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. It, keeping that windshield clear is very important yep. Yep. for yep. sure. Um, trouble hearing. Yes. Yeah. Because if you're having trouble hearing, it can be harder to um, notice like horns or si sirens or emergency vehicles going on. And basically, you know, you need to be able to hear. <laughs> you got to know if you need to get out of the way. Yeah. Oh, I ate that. Those ambulances, no matter how bright the lights are or mm -hmm. anything, honestly, you uh, sometimes they still sneak up on you. Mm -hmm. And then have you ever heard about um, where they always say that you have to turn off your music to be able to Think. see better? Yes. You know? <laughs> You're backing up or any oh. of that. I just always turn off my radio and I'm like, why did I do that? It didn't make me. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a comedian that talks about turn the TV down, the toilet's overflowing or something. <laughs> yeah. But I think when you have too much stimulation, yeah. it, you lose control of some of those senses. So right. yeah, I, and I noticed that too. If I'm in a particularly um, intense spot with driving, yeah. I, I just automatically turn that noise down. It makes, helps me think better, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, medications? Yeah. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They can have an effect on you. And even over-the-counter medications can have an effect on you. Yeah. Um, my daughter actually had a friend who um, accidentally took like Tylenol PM during the daytime. Uh -oh. And I mean, it put her into a pretty significant nap. And I mean, think about, thankfully she wasn't driving or anything, but you know, if you're not, if you make that mistake and you're not really aware of what's going on, it can have a significant impact. Oh yeah. And then the prescription stuff, you, you want to make sure you're always following those, um, the advices and guidelines of whether you're supposed to be driving or not. Yeah. Dizziness, mm -hmm. sleepiness, like yep. you were saying. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing worse when you're driving than when you're so tired and you're trying to stay awake. Oof. That is the worst. Mm -hmm. Hate that. Yeah. Hate that. Um, and then there's medical conditions mm -hmm. like Alzheimer's and dementia. Yep. That's that's a real problem. Yeah. And we'll get into that, mm -hmm. I think, a little bit deeper. But yeah. those are those are really tough ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, there are things that can be considered to be a safe driver, things you can do to help yourself, um, maybe taking a defensive driving course. Um, I like this one, when in doubt, don't go out. Yeah. I think about my mom and my grandma a lot on that, and they, they make really good choices um, at this point in time. There's also avoid areas where driving can be a problem. And, you know, for my mom and grandma, 
Um, mom will do the driving in Kalispell now, but grandma limits herself to Columbia Falls and, and actually a small area within Columbia Falls because she wants to feel confident right. that she's able to get where she needs to go and not have any troubles. And so in that situation, they're really thinking it through and it's not so much a, you know, loss of independence or a having the keys taken away from them. They're saying, Hey, our abilities aren't as good as they used to be. So let's really think this through and make sure that we're safe in these driving decisions. So I appreciate that a lot. And I don't think that I'm going to have to take the keys away from either of them. So that's (laughs) a good thing. (laughs) Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, So there are some signs to look for Mm -hmm. when you need to either consider yourself or your um, loved one. Yep. And um, they say multiple vehicle crashes or near misses. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's a few new dents in the car, you know, a fender bender. Yes, yeah, I think this happens a lot more than people realize. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two or more traffic tickets or warnings within the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we don't think about is that also increases the expense of the uh, car, mm-hmm. you know, just because in car insurance premiums go up. Yep. Comments from your friends or neighbors, mm-hmm. anxiety at driving at night, health issues that we talked about, um, complaints from about the speed, sudden lane changes or actions of other drivers, right. uh, recommendations from a doctor to modify your driving habits or to quit driving entirely. Mm-hmm. And the one that really hit me, um, when you're going to start having that really difficult talk with somebody or that you're starting to think you need to have that talk mm-hmm. is would you allow your family member oh. to drive alone with your five-year-old grandchild in the vehicle? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you watch Everybody Loves Raymond, the sitcom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's an episode in there with grandpa and driving the kids around Uh and there's some struggles with driving. And, um, I think about that really, do you, do you want to drive with this person? Would you allow your family member, your five-year-old, like you're saying, and it always kind of puts it into perspective. It's kind of like the grandma test here. Yeah. Can this person go and take care of my grandma or your grandma? If not, then maybe no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So once you start thinking about it that way, it's probably time to have the talk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So having the talk about driving. Yep. So basically it's super important to be prepared. Um, so you want to go into this conversation. It's, it's going to be tough and you want to be as prepared as you possibly can to have answers to possible, um, objections. Oh, big ones. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You want to avoid confrontation and you want to use, um, like I, instead of you in your messaging. So for example, I am concerned about your safety rather than saying you're no longer a good driver. Yeah. Yep. Um, sticking to the issue. So basically talk about the skills. Don't talk about age or things like that. Mm -hmm. Just stick to the issue. Um, focus on safety and maintaining independence right? We want to be, we don't want this topic to go off track or this conversation to go off track. And then all of a sudden you're out in the weeds and it's difficult to bring it back. Right. Um, And then you want to be really positive and supportive, right? Um, Recognizing the importance of a driver's license to an older person. It's, it's a really big independence. When that goes away, um, it there's, it's, it's almost like grief. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, is it time to give up the driving? And like uh, we've said before, it, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't matter if it's 60 years old or right. 90 well, years old. Think, yeah. And these are the situations that my mom and grandma are kind of thinking about yeah. where they're, they're willingly giving up driving in certain yeah. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, do other drivers often honk at me? 
Have I had some ex- accidents, even if they're only the fender benders? Do I get lost even on roads I know? Mm-hmm. Uh, do cars or people walking seem to appear out of nowhere? Do I get distracted while driving? Have friends, family, or my doctor said they're worried about my driving? Am I driving less these days because I'm not sure about my driving as I used to be? Mm-hmm. Do I have trouble staying in my lane? Do I have trouble moving my foot between the gas and the brake pedals? Or do I sometimes confuse the two? Mm-hmm. And then um, have I been pulled over by a police officer? Right. And I think that's actually what happened with our friend. Mm-hmm. It was um, a police officer that discovered the situation. Oh, thank was, goodness. It oh, could have been so, so bad. Ca- such a catastrophe. So then it becomes the question, how will I get around? And again, it's that loss of independence. And so when you go into these conversations, uh, make sure that you're prepared and have answers to that and can provide resources um, on how somebody is going to still be able to get where they need to be. Right. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot more things out there about driving mm-hmm. than I was even aware. Because that this is such a big, uh, huge national topic mm-hmm. um, that they... Uh, there's information on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, mm-hmm. uh, AAA, Foundation for Traffic Safety, um, AARP, has information. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually on a webinar yesterday that was talking about Alzheimer's and dementia, and what they were talking about was um, to get some kind of a testing, like in Bozeman, they have occupational therapists mm-hmm. that will do a health and driving evaluation. Mm-hmm. In Missoula, at the Community Medical Center, uh, driving evaluations include both a clinical test for your reaction time and your vision, plus the driving test. So they're wow. pretty serious about it. And here in Kalispell, at the Community College, they have a virtual driving course um, that will let people with dementia know how they would do in a, actually in a real car. Wow. So I was really impressed to know that. I, I just didn't realize. I mean, you know, hear of all those big national sure. ones, but then when people have pulled together local stuff, I, yeah. that's incredibly so impressive. Do you know how someone would go about, like, contacting, say, here in Kalispell? Well, yeah, they just have to call the college. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I did not know that was a thing. But that, I mean, that's in basically everything I've been reading, They they say that, you know, you can do those tests. So knowing that it is here, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So driving in dementia, take away the keys. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a tough one. Um, basically one of the trickiest problems for caregivers to negotiate with people with dementia is driving and the consequences of a misstep behind the wheel can just be deadly. Right. So Whether or not it's safe to drive can be complicated, and particularly when the person is only mildly impaired. Um, Some believe that driving privileges should not be taken away until a person is clearly an unsafe driver. But can you identify that (laughs) prior to an accident occurring? Right. That's a tough one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they say the one way to gauge the risk is to observe the person's general behavior. Mm -hmm. If friends and family see their loved one exhibit poor judgment, inattentiveness to what's going on around them, clumsiness, or slow or inappropriate reactions, then that person should not get behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, Basically, ideally, a tactful and respectful approach will preserve the person's self-esteem while getting them off of the road. Um, Some people may agree to stop driving for other reasons. For instance, the car needs repaired, the license or registration is expired. And these are things that you can have in your toolkit um, when you know that you're going to have a fight on your hands (laughs) is basically uh, if the car is broken down, 
um, maybe they, well, there's no way to drive it, right? If this is a person that all their life has been, uh, has really responded to the rules and been strict about that, and they know that the registration isn't in order, maybe that stops them from driving. The problem is, is having someone understand or be able to recall or remember that those things are happening. Yeah. So there can be a disconnect on that. Yeah, um, one of the statistics that I found actually said that an average of 500 older adults are injured every day in crashes. Mm. So, yeah, that's this that's, is a, a rampant problem. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a big big problem. Yep. And um, I know that we've mentioned some of the safety signs, but I think we should say them again. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, so there's 20 of them uh, warning signs that it's time to take the keys away from your elderly uh, person when they drift into other lanes or they straddle lanes, making sudden lane changes for no reason. They ignore or miss traffic signs or stop signs. She easily becomes confused in traffic or breaks or stops abruptly without any reason. Mm -hmm. Hitting the accelerator suddenly without any cause. Um, Coasting nearly to a complete stop in the midst of moving traffic. Pressing on the brake and the accelerator at the same time while driving. Um, Has difficulty seeing pedestrians, objects, other vehicles. Gets more and more nervous when driving. Drives at a significantly lower pace or speed than the posted speed and then of the general speed with um, vehicles around them. Backs up after missing an exit or a road. Has difficulty reacting quickly as um, they process multiple images or sounds. Uh, Has problems with neck flexibility and turning to see traffic on the left or the right. Gets disoriented or lost easily, even even when in familiar locations. Fails to use turn signals or keeps the signal on without changing lanes. Has increased near misses on the road. Um, Has been issued two or more traffic tickets or warnings in the past two years. And again, the denser scrapes that are present on the car, fences, mailboxes, garage doors, curbs, all of those things. And I do believe, Julie, that we replaced a mailbox for a client. Yes. (laughs) Because a caregiver got blamed for even though (laughs) it was the third or fourth or maybe 10th time the mailbox had been run over. (laughs) But, you know. It was the right thing to do. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm actually a a little worried about my own driving now that we talk about these warning signs. Every time we do a podcast, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, Lordy. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I just the other day missed a spot, so I had to turn around. I did check both all ways around to make sure no one was coming before I stuck her in reverse and and made it to my destination. Oh, yes. Um, I think we all do it, but I, you know, this is consistently... problems that are are putting people into Mm -hmm. um, harm's way. And that is when it's time to take action. They do say that, remember, just the person's age is not a reason or should not be a sole reason for taking the keys away, right? right? Right. So there might be somebody in their 80s or 90s and they're perfectly fine to drive Mm -hmm. um, versus someone in their 50s or 60s who's having a lot of these problems that is is not really safe to be on the road anymore. So again, it's not cookie cutter. Um, we can just do the best that we can, but if you start to see those those warning signs happening on a regular basis or multiples of them happening, it's definitely time to take a closer look at what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and basically, um, it, it's interesting because there are a lot of scenarios where the senior just isn't going to stop driving. Right. So, what do you do when that happens? Right. It's a huge ad- adjustment to mm-hmm. their lives. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, well, and there with dementia and Alzheimer's, there's a term, and I, I'm not going to pronounce it, but I will spell it, A-N-O-S-O-G-N-O-S-I-A. And basically, it refers um, to the dementia patient's inability to recognize their own impairment. Oh. So that's so a lot of what happens with them is that they just, they can't recognize it. Uh, they don't know. They don't, they can't recognize that it's a problem. So we see all of the impending train le- train wreck, but they have this condition and where they're just simply unable to recognize it. Mm. Um, so that is a lot of probably why, why there are the issues that there are. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're not able to logically see mm-hmm. yep. what, what you're trying to explain to them. Just they don't comprehend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, to have the candid talk, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about that one. And hopefully what you're attempting to end up with is a voluntary agreement that it's time to consider alternative transportation yeah. options. Yeah. And basically because they, they need to be on board with it. Yeah. Um, and not everybody is going to, but if you have that candid talk, um, give them the opportunity to give input into the situation, provide options for them on how they'll continue to be able to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. I mean, if you think about your car is your freedom, so to speak, and yeah. then all of a sudden you don't have that anymore. Well, how am I going to get where I need to go? Yep. Um, so when you have that talk, making sure to offer some options, um, you know, focusing on viable alternatives, maybe that's rides from friends or family, public transportation options, um, you know, different towns and cities have different things available, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely have that in your back pocket before you go into the talk so that when they've raised their objections, you're able to counter that with, oh, well, we, you know, we could look at this way, that way, and maybe even put together some type of a list. I know my mom and grandma, um, they, they basically have their list of friends and family members that are able to help them, you know, depending on what the appointment is or what the need is. And so they just have that right together. And it's just a list of people. Oh, this is what we need. We're going to go ahead and call Wanda or, oh, Annette said she could help with this or Charlene is a good one for this. You know what I'm saying? Just have that accessible to you or to the person. So they have something they can go straight to. Yeah. Um, the, one of the families that I've been visiting with lately, mm-hmm. um, they actually really rely a lot on their church. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that church has really stepped up to help them to different um, ap- appointments that they've got to get to. And I was really happy to hear that so many people had stepped up to help their, their mm-hmm. neighbor. Yeah. And I think when, when you do have this talk with your loved one is just emphasizing that you, you care about them, you're committed to their well-being, and that that is, that is why you're making these recommendations. Right, right. Um, so if it starts to get a little bit tough mm-hmm. to, to have this conversation um, and you just know it's time, there's other people that you can talk yeah. to to help kind of back you up on that. And, and the first one is uh, their physician. Yep. However, that's not always... A, a go. For right. example, when um, Grandma Patsy, I've already always <laughs> told you what a spitfire she is, she's still really, really mad mm-hmm. um, that her car is gone. And it's been uh, a handful of years now. But what mom was saying was that she had talked to the physician and that physician was not going to say anything to Patsy about it, just right. did not. Well, how it turned out was that the physician's nurse finally went up to my grandma and said to her, what would you do? How would you feel if you hurt or killed somebody because of your driving? No matter what my mom or the sibling right. said, um, the grandma was mad. 
And she's still mad, but she listened to that, that nurse. That put it into a perspective for her that she yeah. could appreciate and go, yeah. whoa, okay. Yeah. But the physician was no help. Right. He absolutely refused to get into the middle of what right. he considered a family situation. Right. And that's too bad because a lot of resources say you do want to reach out to the physician. Mm-hmm. and Because the, um, the demographic that we're talking about, for the most part, not so much now, but at least in the generation that they kind of grew up, um, everyone respected their physician. Yeah. You listened to what the doctor said. And so if the doctor told you that this needed to happen, you might not like it, right? but you would respect what he had to say. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of it, and I got a call actually not too long ago from just a, a friend or an acquaintance, you know, through other programs and asking about, um, she has a family member that the doctor did say this is a problem and and now she doesn't want anything to do with that doctor anymore, <laughs> which happens, oh, which my does word. happen. Oh my word. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I don't know if it's a legality thing mm-hmm. where the doctor thinks they're going to get sued or, or anything. I, I just don't know their thought process on that. Yeah. I think you had provided for us, Julie, a, a form that we'll yep. get to later, mm-hmm. um, like a medical status report. Yep. that a doctor can fill out for the uh, motor vehicle department. Yep, yep, we'll yes. talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the next one is the uh, the doctor, the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's vital for safe driving, obviously, is eyesight. And so that's kind of that same thing where you would hope in terms of making those hard decisions mm-hmm. that it is one of those where the eye doctor would, would say, you, you, okay. you know, when we're talking about our older people, cataracts. Yep. Uh, macular degeneration, the driving at night, like we've talked about, there are a lot of things that are maybe not working like they should be. Right. Yeah. That's a good resource. Yeah. The other one they talk about, and again, this is just going to be, it's not going to be everybody, but some families have, you know, maybe an attorney that Mm -hmm. has been their advisor for a long, long time. And maybe they listen to what that attorney has to say. So if you can engage someone that they respect and will listen to, um, that, that is an approach for sure. Yeah. Yep. Then there's the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicle. And uh, there is a form like we were talking that um, you can call the DMV and say that there's concerns for a driver and they will send a letter to the person and say, quit driving until you can come in and get a test. Right. And so that's, that's pretty, pretty hard letter to get in the mail and it ticks off a lot of people, but, um, you know, that's probably one of the, the more effective ways of going in there. And I was kind of reading that some States can do that anonymous, anonymously, some States, um, it's not an anonymous, whoever made the report, but, oh, wow. Yeah. I had read that. So, and actually going back to kind of the attorney, but it really, it, it drives home what you're saying about the nurse with grandma Patsy is that seniors tend to be risk averse when Mm -hmm. it comes to their, to their finances and to their other people. So basically, you know, if you can approach them that way, that this is a risk that you're putting yourself and other people at, Mm -hmm. um, it may have an impact and change their mind. Yeah. I had actually asked my mom, Uh, I said, mom, when did you start having concerns Mm -hmm. about grandma's driving? And, um, and she actually said, well, the, the, the neighbors Mm -hmm. had seen grandma driving around a little bit and they, they started asking mom questions Mm -hmm. about it. And mom said, honestly, I don't know how she thought she could drive safely, um, because she has no balance. Right. 
she has to walk with a walker or right. a cane all the time. Mm-hmm. And that balance, you know, that's also when, right. when you're trying to move from the gas pedal to the, the brake and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can see that being a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that mom said that I really appreciated was she said, you know, I think grandma could have driven a little bit longer if she was in a smaller town like where I'm from, but the sheer size of Missoula right. and how fast and crazy people drive. Yeah. It, you that, have to be on your toes yeah, all the time. Yeah, you really do. And so it's one of those things where with construction and just constant right. stuff going on, um, just, she said the sheer size of the town mm-hmm. made a big difference. Yeah. But, and grandma was mad because she's like, well, how am I going to get my groceries? How am I going to get my stuff to the post office? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go far. But see, the other thing is grandma, mother didn't necessarily trust that <laughs> either. <laughs> just a little bit. And then yeah. a little bit becomes a little bit more. <laughs> just a little further. Just one more block. Yeah. 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 And still to this day, um, I, the the blessing is, is all of mom's sisters were on the same page as her mm-hmm. and literally... They had to not just take the keys. They took the whole vehicle and sold it. So bringing that up, I was actually reading that um, in the just take the keys away. Uh You can actually, so confiscating a loved one's car or keys can cause conflict, Uh, right? And in fact, there are documented cases where a caregiver has removed an elder's car and then been investigated (laughs) by the police when the elder filed a stolen vehicle report. So that is something to consider. Um, just making sure you're, you know, and, and thankfully grandma <laughs> wasn't that mad, but, um, I had, I had told mom, I said, holy crap, you could have, this could have really been a, a blow up. Oh yeah. That obviously it happens mm-hmm. if it's, if it's written like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just things to consider. Oh, so many things to consider. It's not easy. No, no. So there's some, um, you had done a lot of research actually on options for uh, people to talk about when they're talking about taking away the keys on how to get around town. Other transportation needs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So basically um, you had given me this article and I started reading through it and I, it's kind of a, just examples of, of real life things. And I, I thought this was interesting. There was a comment from a gentleman named Ron that essentially said his dad was too wealthy to qualify for Medicaid, um, can't afford private taxis too often, what transportation options exist and, um, of like moderate means, right? So too much money to qualify for Medicaid, but feeling like not enough money to have a taxi. Well, the response that I thought was really interesting was many people find themselves in the exact same situation. Um, if he used to own a car, still does, it can be eye-opening to actually calculate how much it costs to maintain a car. Right. So um, they had said in here that the Hartford has a great worksheet available. I just went online and I looked up the national average for owning a car over a five-year period was like $25,281. Oh so that's over $5,000 a year. And I think the point wow. that they're trying to make is... Um, <laughs> It may seem like a lot if you're transitioning your money over to paying taxis, but you may already be paying a lot to have a vehicle that you're not able to use, right? Um, safely use, that that money might be able to be put towards other things. And what I kind of looked at, um, you know, there are public transportation options. It's going to depend on where you live, you know, how available they are and what scale. Uh, there are also 
you know, paid services like Uber or Lyft, there are taxis, um, but then also there are senior groups. And I think about agency on aging, but I also think about My Glacier Village yep. that is a senior group here in our community. Yep. Um, and that's what they do. They help each other out, right? Yeah. There's also church groups. You had talked a lot about that. Um, your friends and neighbors, you know, call on them. I, I think that by and large, people just love to help. So they like to be asked and, um, and just reach out, ask people. Uh, one other one that we have available in our community is called assist. And that is part of the hospital. Um, and they help transport people to medical appointments, but there are options out there. And if you really do put the pencil to the paper and, and figure out what it's costing you to keep a vehicle that maybe you're not able to utilize versus having the money that you would spend on that to be able to pay for some transportation options, you might be surprised at what you find. Right. I was. I was very surprised. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, you don't really think about it. Yeah. Once again, until you have to. Yep. So let's do some prior proper planning. Always. P -P -P. And, and just know um, prior to going in and having this tough decision, what locally is there? Yep. Is there for people? Yeah. Yep. So basically, um, again, I kind of lumped two into one, just talking about transportation research resources that are available and understanding that, you know, in your small towns or your more rural situations, your resources are not going to be as abundant as maybe they would be in a bigger city. Um, but definitely reach out to your agencies, reach out to the agency on aging, just start asking questions. And I think you'll find out that there's more available out there than maybe you think there is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm actually just by pulling all of this information together, <laughs> really surprised and, and pleased mm -hmm. to hear uh, the different options. Yep. For sure. Yep. Yeah. So um, I was thinking that uh, just one of the things that we talked about real quick is some case studies, mm -hmm. because I can imagine that there's people that are listening to us going, well, but we have this situation or we have this. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have three or four little stories. Yeah, I loved this, um, this case study. And basically, I'm just going to read through it. And essentially, this person is saying, I knew it was hopeless to expect my dad to hand over his keys. I'd been tracking his car with a GPS for a couple of years and knew it was time to act. Um, I, I had learned to fib to my dad about any number of things like, um, getting home nursing for mom in the, in his mind, it was 1960 and everything was just fine. But basically, so to end the driving here was the method that this person took. Um, essentially there wasn't a need to take out the battery to pull the plug wires or to fight over the keys. They went ahead and pulled out the starter relay, <laughs> which I don't know if everybody knows how to do that, but I bet there's a YouTube on it. <laughs> Um, right. It says it's usually in the fuse box under the hood, uh, underside of the lid that would have a fuse and relay directory and that the relay simply pulls out like a plug. And essentially they just kept that in a, you know, in a hiding place just in case they needed to ever move the car. Um, basically, if you know that they're, you're, family member that's, you know, in question is going to be calling to the local repair shops, um, get ahead of the game and reach out first, let them know to be on the lookout that, that the person that shouldn't be driving might be calling for repairs. And, um, this just, just really resonates with me because I remember a story about Kevin's grandma, granny. And I, I remember hearing that when she was in her seventies, um, her son, Mike had to call to the local power sports shop and make them promise they wouldn't sell granny a snowmobile. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of that similar thing, <laughs> but anyway, oh. um, 
So basically this person went ahead and took out that starter relay. And then when dad tried to start the car, it wouldn't even click. Uh, so basically then, then the son went out and took a look at it, told him that he thought the computer was shot on it, told him they'd call a tow truck and got the car moved out of there and kind of in that out of sight, out of mind type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, it's just, it's finding the way to kind of manipulate the situation to try to have a safer outcome. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that, um, we keep hearing about is don't just think that taking the keys is enough. It's not <clears throat> because honestly, there can be a lot of keys in the house that you don't know about. Oh yeah. But then I've, I think I've told this story before in a, a, a prior, um, podcast, but this is, uh, when we had Clyde yep. as, as a client and he wanted to drive, you know, he'd go, uh, he had driven, he'd been a logger his whole life. And so he drove miles and miles back and forth to work and it's just what he did. And, um, he was just mad, just mad that we wouldn't just let him go right. do what he was going to do. We'd be happy to take him somewhere, but he didn't want us to go. He wanted right. to do it by himself. So we did the pull the battery thing, mm -hmm. do this or that, but he was still, able to go in there and kind of do some minor things. Mechanics, so, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we just had to distract him till his son would get home and, and be able to talk with him. Sure. He was pretty mad about it. Yep. And then that one day we get a call from the caregiver and she's running down the road following him because he took the lawnmower. <laughs> She was following him. Yeah, apparently you hadn't thought that far ahead. <laughs> the keys of everything. Keys, spark plugs, batteries, starter relay, not the lawnmower. Lawnmower, keys. right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Got to think of everything. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, lots of stories about just taking out the battery, selling yeah. the car, but make sure you're doing it in a legal way. Right. You don't <laughs> want to end up in more trouble. <laughs> Is car theft a felony? <laughs> I would, I would assume. I think so. I think so. Um, <laughs> there's also a thing called a kill switch. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a lot about a kill switch. Um, <laughs> so, uh, just kind of to wrap up, we want, we had pulled the, uh, Montana department of justice, motor vehicle division, uh, driver medical evaluation. And it's a three page deal where it is sent to the physician mm -hmm. and it says um, the motor vehicle division records indicate your patient may have a condition that would, that could affect the safe operation of a motor vehicle. Your experience and knowledge of the patient's condition results of medical examinations and treatment plans will be of great value in assisting the department to determine a proper licensing decision. A physician report in good faith is immune from liability, civil or criminal penalties under Montana law. The department has sole responsibility for any decision regarding the patient's driving qualifications and licensure. The department will also consider non-medical factors in reaching a decision. So I thought that was really interesting. Do you know what the process is? Is this something that like a family member or some type of a reporter would have the motor vehicle department send? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You would have gotten a hold of the department and said, um, hey, and they've said got we've this. got issues. And so they can send that to the doctor. Wow. But, um, they, they talk about their history, the medications that mm -hmm. the person's taking, the lapse of consciousness or control disorder, any kind of impairment, um, impaired motor function, reaction or impairment due to change in medication or dosage, neurological or neuromuscular disease, mm -hmm. diminished concentration, diminished judgment, memory loss, Alzheimer's or confusion. I have a lot of those. Oh, honestly. I'm a, I'm a, who's your doctor? <laughs> Somebody's going to have to call. <laughs> No, I was just talking about the mocha, right? Yeah. And um, 
basically I'm, I was there one time with a, with a patient that they were trying to see if she had dementia coming on. And I, I'm fairly certain I flunked. <laughs> I was trying to follow right along with, she came through with flying colors. Yeah. Not so sure on me. <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't my appointment, but it did, it did worry me a little. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, they talk about the physical and mental capability, uh, capability, the adaptive equipment, mm -hmm. uh, driving restrictions. And it's, I mean, it's, it's very, very thorough. Wow. It's, it's very good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So you'd hope that the doctor would be, um, confident to be able to fill that out and yeah. help that process. Yeah. And I think that they are. Yeah. They just don't want to be in the middle of a fisticuff in their office. Well, the problem is, is also grandma's doctor was a very good personal friend. Yeah. And so That's he wasn't rough. about to tick off Patsy because oh he had seen that happen before. <laughs> like, We're not going down that road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh, funny. Anyway. Well, I have, I have to interject with a grandpa Fisher saying, oh, good. because we're talking about driving and yes. keys and all of these things. So grandpa Fisher used to always, when, um, when you were getting ready to go anywhere, you know, before you'd walk out the door, he'd, he'd want to make sure you had your hat, your ass and your passport. <laughs> Hat ass and passport. All right, we're good. Oh, that's good. That is a very good, <laughs> I love good it. one. Oh, and then also I was going to say um, that when we were talking to Alyssa about the topic for <laughs> yes. the day, the, the reason that her, her grandma's physician got involved is because when grandma went to see him at his office, she actually hit his Lexus. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to... I think he immediately filled out the form <laughs> and said, you're all... You're, you're that's <laughs> it. Enough. <laughs> well, that's oh. one way to do it. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. We can laugh about it, but it's a serious, it is. serious, serious discussion that you have to have, and we're going to all be there at some point. Yeah. So do it with as much love and grace as you can, knowing that this person is going to think that you're just trying to shut them down. I think Patsy got so dramatic, she just said, oh... I think I'm just going to sit down and die then. Oh. She was very ticked. Patsy. Why but were you mean to Patsy? It wasn't me. It was mother. Oh, Cheryl. <laughs> No. but you know you what? did the right thing you did the right thing. and she hasn't died yep yep she's okay yep. we've been able to get her everywhere she needs to go yep. she doesn't go without a thing yep. and you too can do that with your loved one yep. it's just that you have to show that tough love mm -hmm. when it's appropriate you have got to absolutely put your foot down and say no more yep. hopefully you don't have to do that hopefully they're more um yeah like grandma fisher grandma Jones. fisher yeah yeah so yep know their limitations and yeah. and respecting that without having to be told because yeah. really honestly none of us like to be told what to do. Oh boy, especially not Patsy. Yeah. yeah. I have a funny covid story about Grandma Fisher and maybe I told this already, but anyway, uh she was at her house and my mom came in to check on her and she had the TV blasting and she had the radio <laughs> blasting and all of this noise was going on and my mom had to, you know, get all of that shut down and then have the discussion with her and asked her, now you can have one or the other. What do you want? And she said, I want you to go away. <laughs> that wasn't one of the options, but I thought it was a great response. Oh, yes. I, I, <laughs> She's feisty. Yes. Both of those grandmas of ours are feisty indeed. It sounds like Alyssa's is too. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I think that, that kind of wraps it up. Yeah. Um, we hope you have enjoyed this and maybe learned something. And we do ask that you subscribe. Mm -hmm. You can do that on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Instagram. You can follow us. Um, TikTok, you can follow us. Leave us a review. Share us with your friends. Join our Apaga Karen Share group on Facebook. And um, yeah, we just want to hear from you. 
Yeah, we do. We like to hear from you. Yep. Inga only likes positive reviews. Yep. Send those to the, the caregiving podcast at gmail.com along with filling out your five-star rating. <laughs> <laughs> We're not asking for much. Just love us. <laughs> right. What's not to love? I don't know. Ah, come on. I can even sing. Yes. Probably yes, the wrong can. words, but definitely. I'll, 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 let, I'll just give you that champion try. Okay. Well, there you go. A there for effort. Go. Yes. And thank you for sharing about Jake. Incredible yeah. story. And you wore the swag. I did. Yeah. Montana Royal. That yep. is an awesome livestock show. Yep. And we love it dearly. And um, we, we love to make an impact. That's right. Yep. All right. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Have a good day. Bye.